When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating Welcome back, everybody. This is Miami Dolphins Inside Leverage. I'm Coach, and today, tonight, actually, we're being joined by the Miami Heralds, Daniel Oyufusi. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right, all right. We got uh, we got some questions for you here, so we're going to start off. Who wants to take first round at, uh, at Daniel? I got questions. I got questions. <laughs> I got questions, my boy. Hey, thank you for your time, man. Listen, uh, I know you cover the Dolphins, and like a, a lot of us, like even at this uh, uh, bye week, like last year, we I feel like we got sort of stagnant, and uh, I want to know where do you see the next the next step of this offense, the next evolution of this offense? I know we're gonna get eighteen, but I I'm we still we had weapons last year, but I, I still don't see uh, I haven't seen the next evolution of having us distribute the ball to all the players. So what do you see that next the next evolution in the offense? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and that, and that's something that like during the offseason, I was like, I was looking for that as well. I think I think we have seen it to an extent. I, I think the number one thing is like the run game is consistent. You know, like they can run the ball uh consistently and be explosive with it. I think you've seen Mike McDaniel like commit to it. Um, even in the Chiefs game, like when they were down, he was starting off drives, like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, not just pass happy. Uh, obviously, A-Chan coming back is going to be, like, really big for them because obviously they have speed with Mostert and Ahmed to an extent, but, like, A-Chan is just different, man. Like, you really feel like whenever he touches the ball, he can take it to the take it to the crib. And, um, you know, I think that they're just maybe missing that a little bit. They're still second in Russian, so it's not like they're lacking. But I think with A-Chan being there, it's just going to take 
that much pressure off to it's going to make the running game that much more explosive you don't have to depend uh, on on the passing game as much um the passing game is interesting because i think again I, the offense is like really good like, it's still number one in like everything um but yeah you i do you, it does feel like sometimes they kind of force feed tyreek which like isn't necessarily a bad thing um but you do like want to spread the ball out so i think that you know just getting uh getting Jalen waddle more involved um i think when the comes back he's going to be uh, a bigger part of the of, of the passing game uh, but really, it comes down to just being more consistent uh, on, on the road. Like that's that's like the one thing for me that like I still don't. It's still confusing me why they have so many issues on the on the road. Um, you know, I think there's a certain type of defense that comes with that that gives them trouble. Um, and, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see if they can figure figure that out because I think that they're going to play some teams in the second half of the schedule uh, that can do similar things as the Chiefs and the Bills and the Eagles as well. Um, so they're going to have to find some adjustments uh, in order to you know keep the win keep the winning going. Hey, hey, uh, Dan, thanks so much for your time, my man. Let me ask you, as, as when we talk about the run game, how much can we really get out of this run game as we get into the end of the season and postseason? Like, you know, I, I, I feel like this this run game looks like a bit of our secret. Like, I, you look at re, what Raheem's doing, and, like, I'm in, I'm a Raheem fan. You know what I mean? That That's my guy. I don't tolerate Raheem slander. But how much more can we really get oh. out of this run game, or how much can we expect to get out of this run game? Like, how much more left in that? And I mean, out of all the backs combined as a room. Yeah, yeah, I think there is like another level again. It, it, it's it's kind of all relative because it's like they still rank second, like they're second in rush. Like they, they've been number one. Uh, they were number one like since the Broncos game up until this past week when I think the Ravens overtook them for number one. So they're still a really good running team. Um, my thing for my thing entering the season was like I don't think they need to run it like drastically more. I wanted to see them run it more, but I also wanted them wanted them to run it and like run it better in certain situations. So like. When you get to third and one, fourth and one, third and two, like I want you to be able to run the ball. Um, you know, when you're up and you're trying to like bleed out the clock in a four minute type of drill, like I want you to be able to run the ball. And I think that they have been able to do that in some instances. Like I said, A-Chan coming back is going to be really big. One thing that like stood out to me was in the Chiefs game, um, you know, like the Dolphins always want to get to the edge. Like they want to get to the edge because that's when like their speed guys can like can go the distance. Um, and teams like the Chiefs and teams that have beat them and played well against them, like they're onto that. Like they do certain things with their alignment up front to make sure they don't get to the outside. So what I liked what they did was like they brought Jeff Wilson in there and it was like, we're going to run it between the tackles. Like We're going to run it up the middle and we're going to get some like hard nose yards. Like we're going to take five, six yards and we're going to live with that. Um, so it's not necessarily like the overall output because it's like there's not much more they can do in terms of that. But it's like situationally being able to run the ball um, in certain situations and set themselves up well because like they really didn't do that well uh, for much of the Chiefs game up until kind of late when they were uh, you know mounting the comeback. Hey Daniel, thank you for coming in. Uh, I'm the OG of this bunch, man. Coach, first I just wanted to say uh, you you don't know what this means to us because you're a guy we looked up to as far as in the media that keeps it real. My question is, like, I hear sometimes y'all had them debates when no in Yana and in Rome. Is it really split as far as over Tua? And is the does the debates get heated? Or and my last question and my other question is, how is the vibe? Do you think from the team and, and the guys? going down this stretch do you notice a difference with the vibe in the guys in the locker room compared to previous years thank you yeah first off og just want to say i appreciate the love man you know i always try to do good work so you know hearing you say that uh you know kind of validates the work that i'm doing and i appreciate that 
Uh, yeah, we have we have spirited debates. I mean, you know, we're we're not necessarily fans, but we all have opinions, uh, and a lot of those a lot of those opinions contrast. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of spirited debates. We always joke about it, like if we were able to like record all of our debates and like put it on like YouTube or something like that, it'd be crazy. <laughs> the views we get because we're we're very passionate about our opinions and whatnot. But um, it's always it's always with respect always you know respecting the, the opinion of the man next to you um in terms of the vibe of the team i mean they were i'm not gonna lie like they were they were in a very good mood uh i guess the tuesday before they let out for the bye week you know i think guys were kind of uh especially after the germany trip they were ready to kind of get the week off and they're happy that they got the week off because if you remember two years ago uh when under flores you know they had the trip out, out to uk and they had to come back and get ready for another game against the falcons i believe so i think guys were in a good mood to be able to kind of decompress uh for a week um i get a sense that like this is a this is a this is a tight-knit group like honestly you know last year um they were going through a couple losing streaks and i i don't think this gets said enough and i i've mentioned i didn't mention it a lot but like they were not for a first year head coach who was going through the stuff that he was going through with two of his injuries and the losing streaks and all the kind of attention on the negative attention on the team. You could say like you didn't have any leaks. You didn't have any stuff coming out like, oh, he's losing the room. We don't trust Boyer. We don't trust that. Like you, you never heard that. You know, I would I would ask Tyreek about, you know, that. And he's like, yeah, like we're we, we all won on one accord. We're good. Um, so I think that they're like they're they're in a good spot. I think that they know that. Like like McDaniel said on Monday that you know it's not the losses to these good teams. It's not really on what the team is doing. It's on them. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's kind of the mindset that they're all having. Like if we can clean up some things on our own, like we'll be good the rest of the way. And I think that they all know that they have a really talented team. They all know that like they're going to be in the mix once the season ends. It's just a matter of like steadily improving. Uh, and like McDaniel said, making sure that you're actually like playing at your best. Uh, you know, when the games count the most and toward the end of the season, which is obviously, you know, the most important thing. How you doing, man? Um, appreciate you again for coming through. Um, I listened to your podcast. Um, I listen to it often. And one of the things that uh, you guys were saying is that uh, right now, as it stands, we're not a Super Bowl contender. I don't know yeah. if I, I said that. Uh, now you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I do think that um, I somewhat agree and I somewhat disagree. I'm, I'm, I'm in a conflict. But hold on. I, I, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me ask the question now. Let me <laughs> slow too much. Deputy. So I want to know what what is, and I want the, the guys to, to kind of hear your thoughts. What is it that they need to do to be considered a Super Bowl contender in your mind? Yeah, so let me preface my comments by saying, because I know it's going to sound like I'm kind of like walking on talking out both sides of my mouth, but I'm like very, very bullish on this team. You know, like if you, like you said, you listen to the podcast, like you can remember months ago in the offseason where I was like, this team as constructed is the most talented team in the AFC. They're one of the most talented teams in the AFC, and they have the talent to go up against you know, just about anybody in the NFC. And I'm not going to say names, but a lot of people were, were kind of looking at me crazy when I said that, when I said that they have the time to go up against, you know, the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills or whoever it may be. Um, obviously, that hasn't really manifested itself in some of the matchups against, like, the better teams in the NFL and, like, in the first half of the schedule. And that's the, that's something that kind of gives me cause for pause. I'm not, like, a big – I'm not a big person over, like uh, – like, I know a lot of people are kind of overreacting to – 
the losses to the good teams. They're 0-3 against teams with a winning record. And I wrote about it a couple of days ago. And I'm like, that's an arbitrary stat because, you know, a 9-8 team, as I said, is like much different than the two number one seeds in the conference who the Dolphins have lost to. Um, but the reality is they have struggled against some of the better teams in the NFL. And the reason why I say I don't really see them as Super Bowl contenders right now is because they haven't shown me, because as it stands, it doesn't look like, well, a lot can happen over the final eight games of the schedule, but they put themselves in a position where it's going to be kind of hard. They're in an uphill battle to get the number one seed. So the next question is like, can you win multiple games on the road in order to get to the Super Bowl? And the fact of the matter is the Dolphins haven't shown me anything that suggests that they can do that. They, they, they've come close, but, you know, they haven't gotten over that hump and won those games. Um, so, again, I still think that they're very good. Like, you know, I just wrote up my second half predictions and I said, I don't think they're going to lose one game the rest of the season. Like, that's how confidently, how much confident I believe in the team. Um but, you know, I'm not saying that they're frauds. I'm not saying they're this, they're that. Like, but it's tough for me to envision a scenario as it stands where they go on the road and they win multiple games uh, in the playoffs. Now, obviously, a lot of stuff can, can change. Um, but still, it's just kind of the fact that like, it's, it's tough for me to, to say that that's going to happen based off of what I've seen. Um, I guess like Super Bowl contender is kind of semantics. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to the divisional round? Does that mean that you're going to the conference championship? Like, I... I don't know. I, I guess for me, that means like you're going to the conference championship. Uh, and for me, like, I think that they're probably going to win the division. They're probably going to host a first round game. Um, but can they go on the road and win in Arrowhead or win in Baltimore or win in Jacksonville? Like, I just haven't really seen it now. I haven't seen enough that gives me confidence that's, that's going to happen. So that's, that's where it stands. But like, I still think they're a really good team. Like I said, like, I think they're going to go on a bit of a run the second half of the schedule, especially now that they're getting healthier. But if you yeah. if you real quick if you if you second you would only have to go on the road for one game if you, I know. If you <laughs> that's true if the, that's if true the Chiefs not, get, not, if the yeah. Chiefs get knocked in a divisional game then you'll host the the game if you win that's true I mean again like Super Bowl contender it's a bit of semantics like are they one of the best teams in the NFL I would say yeah they're still probably one of the the top ten and you could probably even like whittle it down and say they're probably one of the best. Uh, seven or six teams, maybe even top five. Um, but again, like I gotta, I gotta see it. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm one of those like I gotta see it to believe it. And uh, you know, they have struggled on the road. So until that kind of changes, it's tough for me to envision them going on the road and winning a high stakes playoff game. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, it's been great so far. Just wanted to ask you, um, what's it like uh, being around this team with with all the great leaders and personalities overall and um, we know that you have a very uh, a very uh, unique uh, personality in Mike McDaniel at the helm. Um, what what's it like um, just you know covering these guys? And is there anything that you can you can share that may lead to a, a bit of optimism going forth with the guys? Because I know it's been some tough losses against some of these uh, playoff and championship contender caliber type teams that we haven't been able to get it done. What's the, what's the sentiment around the, around the team and, and how they're feeling just overall um, this season? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely a cool locker room. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of, a lot of characters and a lot of personalities, you know, when you're in the locker room, you hear, you see a lot of funny stuff, just, but, it, but it, like I said before, it is a tight knit group. Like you don't see a lot of guys um, just, you know, off to themselves uh, you know, there are a lot of times they interact with like uh, with other guys tools or all around the locker room, interacting with guys, joking with guys. Um, you really see that that com camaraderie. Um, and again, all the personalities just just makes it 
you know, all the more fun. You know, you never know what Tyree's going to say. He's always good for a soundbite. Um, you know, the various guys across the locker room, always good for a uh, good for a soundbite. And again, they're just like generally good guys. Like, um, you know, even a lot of the, the more veteran beat reporters, like a lot of them say this is like one of the best groups that they've been around. Um, just, you know, in terms of like the professionalism, um, the, the personality, like working with the media and whatnot. Um, and then obviously kind of Mike McDaniels is at the head of it. You know, I remember, um, I'm sure you guys probably saw, but last week I took the video of him. Uh, um, I guess it was the Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday in Germany, the first practice and walking up and uh, kind of the joke that he said about, you know, I know what you're thinking, um, bigger in person. And uh, the German crowd, the German media, I guess they, I don't know, they, they, they're a little different out there. They didn't really get it. Um, and I didn't think it was going to go viral and it did, but that's just kind of like McDaniel, you know, you never know what he's going to say and it might go viral. And another one of the things that like, like kind of emphasizing what I said before is um, to have kind of the, I mean, every, every team and every locker room has unique personalities. Um, but like to, to have kind of the, the various personalities that they have on this team and for like, again, for like there not to be anything kind of leaking out of any dissension or anything like that. Um, I don't think that gets like kind of, mentioned enough with McDaniel because a lot of when, when he first got hired a lot of people were just kind of looking at him on face value and the way he talked and the way he acted and they were like oh this guy isn't a leader man this guy isn't going to be able to control a locker room this guy isn't going to be able to like have a pulse on the team and like that's not the case I guess it really isn't um they respect him um they they go by him and um really his like ability to kind of be himself and have his own personality and be comfortable in his own skin. Like it kind of trickles down where everyone else feels comfortable with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really got to, like, we all talk about McDaniel as like a offensive mind and whatnot, but like the interpersonal skills um, and the ability to kind of like work with different types of people and relate to a lot of different types of people. I don't think it gets stressed enough. And it's like a really important part of the job as a head coach, you know, maybe like just as much as X's and O's, honestly. One of the things that I wanted to, um, follow up with you with you talking about kind of coaching can you can you give a little insight into maybe like where we, we always look at the players and talk about the players but like what is necessary to what is the coaching staff like and what is kind of those conversations I, I know you might not have much insight but what, what what do you what do you think is like those conversations that happen amongst the coaching staff and them challenging each other to get better just the observation of the team what do you think some of those conversations are like? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think uh, one of the things that so we, we talk to the, the coordinators every Thursday and then they kind of cycle through um, various position coaches that we talk to on a weekly basis. And I think that the one thing that stood out to me about the way McDaniel has put uh, his coaching staff together is that and I'm trying to find the best way to say this. Um, they're like minded in terms of overall philosophy but they're all different. And um, I think like the the best example you can think of that is like when he hired Vic Fangio. Um, and obviously like that was a name that was very heavily linked to the Dolphins like from the jump, from the minute they were on the search for a new defensive coordinator. Um, and, I, and I asked McDaniel about hiring Fangio um, sometime in, the, in, in training camp. And he essentially was saying that um, like he, he didn't want like a bunch of like, he didn't want a bunch of like yes men surrounding him. Um, he wanted people who, um, kind of thought differently and, um, you know, had a bunch of creative ideas and would kind of push him as well. And obviously with Vic, like having, you know, he's, you know, one of the most tenured coaches in the NFL doing it for like decades on decades. Um, you know, he can provide a different 
perspective and a different line of thinking, a different point of view for McDaniel. Um, and you see that with like, it's, it's a, it's a mad collaborative approach. Like I remember John Wendy, the type of coach was talking about how, um, each, uh, each physician coach is given like different roles. So I think he said he's given red zone. Um, so he, as well as some other coaches, I'm blanking on them. I think it's, um, uh, I'm blanking right now, but he and some other, uh, other offensive coaches like work on third downs. And it's like uh, after, I think it's Thursdays or Wednesdays, they'll come together at night and they'll just be going over all the different things with Mike. So it's like John Henry will be like, all right, I think that we can get this person involved and this person involved. Um, but at the core of it, it's like they all are like strong teachers. And that's what Mike is like really big on, like being able to teach and teach the why and really being able to like elevate the players. So it's like, Everyone has different perspectives, but they're all rooted in the same overall philosophy. Um, and I think you see that. Like, it's a really, it's a really smart staff, a really cool staff. It's actually a pretty young staff, to be honest. Um, I think Embry and uh, Vanjo are probably like the most like veteran coaches on there. And then I guess Bevel, you could throw them up there. Um, but it is a fairly young, fairly young coaching staff. Um, but they're all like have a really like like Thursdays are probably like one of the best days, honestly, because you just get to talk ball with these guys and talk about their mindset and talk about um, overall philosophy. Um, and you see that like it's not just Mike, you know, he's put a really strong staff like I think maybe Butch Berry doesn't even get enough credit for what he's done with the offensive line, because this is really the same offensive line. Like if, if, if we're really being honest, Austin Jackson is just healthier. Um, and, you know, they've kind of revolved around you've kind of done uh, musical chairs with the left guard, but it's really the same group. And again, much better performance. Um, and that's a credit to Butch Berry and Mike for bringing him in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's not just Mike. Like he has a full staff that are all contributing into like the success of the team. In your observation, being that it, you and I mean, it's, this is a great transition or or a segue to to uh, to my question. As far as I was going to ask you about Fangio, how him being an older coach, a more old school guy, more old school approach. How, what has been your observation, his interactions with the players and him uh, to his style, him being, you know, like I said, an old school guy, how, what have you seen? Cause it, it seems to me, and it seems to all of us here and I'm sure to a lot of the fans that, you know, this guy originally, everybody wanted his head. They wanted to get rid of him. They, they didn't want to, you know, let the process or trust the process. They wanted to get rid of him. He didn't know what he was doing. He was an older guy. And now Everything is starting to click. He, you know, they got Jalen Ramsey back. What has been your observation with his interaction or what he's getting out of these young players? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, I think the first couple of weeks of the season was definitely a feeling out period. Um, you know, he, he you know, took a year off. He was getting kind of adjusted to uh, new players, um, you know, running the, and those players running a new scheme as well. So it's a little bit of like, you know, to protect, like he has to know his players and what works best for them and they have to know know this scheme and learn it better and and know how you know they fit in it as well um so yeah like early on like you definitely saw you know the, the growing pains you know the first game i was kind of shocked by that like i like especially like the, the run defense that was the one thing that stood out to me like the run defense struggles stood out to me um i think he figured things some i think he figured some things out guys got more comfortable um and he kind of got into a groove you know i think well, i guess for me like one of the things that kind of sticks out to me is like he was away from the game for it for a year and you know the game changes you know trends kind of take um take fold and whatnot and i think that Vic had to get adjusted to that a little bit um see i think everyone's got more comfortable and then you start to get to a little bit of a groove you get a little bit healthier i mean you know like uh, at one point they didn't have two of their projected cornerbacks for the eagles game you know they're playing without 
um, you know, without X and without Ramsey. So, you know, when you get those guys back, I think you saw like in the Chiefs game, um, that was the first time they had the entire projected starting defense. And you really saw like what the impact of having two shutdown corners um, can have for the entire defense. So um, I said it before, I was really bullish on this uh, this entire team, but like, especially the defense. I was like, this could be a top five a defense. Um, top five defense. Um, and, you know, there are, they're, they're slowly, but surely like trending up into top 10 category. I think they're 12th in yards uh, per game allowed. Um, and I think that's only, that number's only going to improve as the second half of the season comes. Um, so, yeah, I know it took a little bit. I know when you, when you pay a defensive coordinator that much money, uh, you know, highest paid coordinator in the NFL, and then, you know, you bring along Jalen Ramsey and you got all the big names, you know, you're expecting instant results. But um, the fact of the matter is, and I know Vic doesn't, she never wanted to, um, you know, kind of acknowledge this or admit it. But, like, you know, there's sometimes there is a little bit of an adjustment period uh, when you're bringing in a new scheme. But I think guys are definitely getting more comfortable. And you're seeing a lot of guys, you know, really ball out. You know, Bradley Chubb uh, is really playing his best ball since he got tra uh, traded here. Uh, Christian Wilkins, you know, he's already matched his sack numbers. David Long has been playing incredible over the past month. Um, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for this group. Um, earlier we alluded to the fact that, there's been a, a, a change in the way that we view the team as far as it being a Super Bowl contender, although you did allude to the fact that you are still bullish on the team. What does this team need to do to win the Super Bowl this year? Like what needs to happen in order for us to achieve that kind of goal? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, yeah, it's really it's, it's so funny because. I remember in the spring just having talks with other friends, like other media friends and whatnot. And they were they just they were looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, hey, the Dolphins, I was like, the Dolphins got the most talent in the division. I think they got the most talent in in, in, the, in the AFC. I think they're gonna be forced to be reckoned with. And I was getting a lot of people were looking at me crazy. And now I'm like, hey, I feel a little bit vindicated. Um, I, I think they're really close, man. I really do. Like the defense, I think the defense is gonna be one of the best units in the league in the second half of the season. The offense is already extremely, extremely good. It's just like the little things. It's like they just gotta, they just gotta figure out like the road demons. Like the, and, and, I, and it's funny because every every game that they lost, I've I've asked these questions like, what is wrong with the offense on the road? And they're getting closer. Like they're they're getting closer. You know, the the Buffalo game was just kind of a mess all around. You know, defense, offense. Um, the, the Philly game. You know, they started slow and they picked things up. And you know, you're driving to tie the game early in the fourth quarter when you throw a pick. Um, and then you get to the Chiefs game where it's like you're, you literally have a touchdown on on back to back drives to end that game or back to back plays to end that game. You know, um, you know, I guess whatever the miscommunication was with Cedric Wilson and Tua. I mean, Cedric made a move and he had two steps on the cornerback, you know, headed to the end zone. And then the next one was, you know, cover zero. And, you know, I watched that play a million times like Waddle is wide open on, you know, a cornerback that's 10 yards off of him. Like he's right in the middle of the field. You know, if Tua gets the ball, I know that they didn't really block it up that well, but if he's got the fastest release in the league, like he hits Waddle, I feel like nine times out of 10, or maybe 10 times out of 10 and you're tight at the tie game. So they're close, but it's just like that consistency on the road. And I don't, it, it, it's hard to believe that it's like just the crowd noise that's impacting them, but like they're really close um, to being like a really dangerous team. Like they're, I think they're a team that, um, I think they're going to win the division and, you know, I don't know if they're going to get the number one seed, but they're going to be a team that nobody wants to play um, because like that offense is so electric, but I really think it's going to be the defense that like you start seeing them in the second half of the season and you're like, all right, like, Hey man, whatever struggles the offense might have on the road, this defense is going to travel with us. I really feel like the defense is going to be uh, something something to watch over the second half of the season. So kind of piggyback off that, man. Like I, 
like Mike always talks about a we want to be clicking at when it's winning time basically I'm paraphrasing so to me given what everything given the context Vic Banjo we haven't had no continuity with the line the running backs the wide receivers have a little knickknack injury Ramsey's getting into the flow T-Stead Connor left guard window revolving door so I think given how the season how the script MVMA is playing out for us we should be clicking at the end of the season which bodes well for the the growing pains of hey listen we lost in a row we, we've been to that but now we have a full squad we have continuity that might be able to, to if you need to have a silent count now you and Connor worked on that enough enough throughout the throughout the season to be able to, to negate the crowd noise and stuff like that, to have a, a chase Claypool, not jump offside and stuff like that. That Basically, what I'm trying to say is that I think we're getting a brand new team coming off the bye, and that gives me the aspiration of maybe we do have a Super Bowl team if everything goes together, if it gets cooked up correctly. Yeah, I mean, the, the ingredients are there for, like, a real second-half push. Like, I was talking to somebody on Tuesday, and I was like, the Raiders game that they play after the bye, the team probably is going to be like whole, like the healthiest it's ever been. They're going to have the entire starting defense. Achan is probably going to be back. Um, my assumption is that he's going to be back because they were already saying that you know he was on the he was he was on like right on the four week mark for like how much time he was going to miss. So my guess is that he comes back. Uh, they got to make a decision on River Craycraft by next Tuesday, and I'm assuming he's going to be back. So you're going to have your number, pretty much your number three wide receiver, your 1A, 1B running back. Um, probably going to have Rob Hunt back is my my guess. Um, so really the only, like, major absence you have is, like, Isaiah Wynn at left guard. Like, for a week nine or week ten game, like, that's that's pretty good if, if you're the Dolphins. Um, so you have the health. Health-wise, you're good. And you hope that you can sustain that over the next two months plus. Um, they got their last final – they got their five – other last uh, final eight games are at home. Four of the last five are at hard block. They're 16 at two, 16 and two at home. They don't lose a lot of games at home when two is playing and two is healthy. Um, and you know, for all the talk about, you know, the the measuring stick games, you know, they they had three of those or four of those, if you want to count the Chargers, um, on the road. You know, they get to play um, you know, Dallas at home. They get to play Buffalo at home in the regular season finale. They get the Jets at home later in the season, and, you know, we'll see kind of where they're at, but they got a really good defense there. Um, so, like, the ingredients are there for a second-half push, which is why I think they're going to, like, rack up a couple – they're going to rack up a lot of wins in the second half of the season. Um, so my thing is, like, when they were beating, like, the, the, the quote-unquote bad teams and kind of the dregs of the league, I was looking at it and not just looking like, oh, you put up 35 points, you're great. Like, I was seeing things within the game that kind of gave me cause for pause. So, like, when they beat the Giants, I was like, all right, they beat the Giants, but there's some things that I'm not really liking that I think that the better teams can exploit. So even while they're racking up wins, it's kind of like, for me, it's like, how are you winning? Obviously, every win counts the same. I always say, like, all wins count the same, but they're not created equal, you know? So for me, I'm looking at, like, how are you going about it? Are you cleaning up the stuff um, that has plagued you and troubled you in the first half of the season? Um, and obviously, like, I'm going to be watching all those games equally. But, you know, when they do play the Ravens and when they do play Dallas, I'm going to be watching that game. Like, all right, even, even the Jets, because the Jets have a – again, the Jets have a really good defense. Um, 
you know, that's going to test the Dolphins in different ways. Like, I'm going to be watching those games. Like, all right, the things that you struggle with in the first half of the season, have you cleaned that up uh, for the second half? But the ingredients are there. Like, it's kind of percolating and everything's kind of coming together for them to go on a little bit of a run in the second half of the season. I agree, Daniel. And um, and again, thank you so much for, for uh, hanging out with us. Do you have a couple more minutes to answer a few more questions? Oh, yeah, most definitely. What's the body, man? <laughs> I had a good time, yeah. yeah. Yes, I when listening to your podcast, I also had them going 11 and 6 before the season starts. So um, I know you said that you were dead on when you were saying um, that the bye will be around 6 and 3. So that's that's pretty cool. I I think I, I felt like we were going to be 70, I agree. I 72, agree 6, and 3. I thought so. both of y'all was wrong. I thought both of y'all was wrong or whatever. That's what I mean. So I, I do want to ask about the off the left guard position. Um, so I'm, I don't know if you're able to share anything, but uh, what's the status there of what you think is going to happen? I know that there might be a competition between Liam Eichenberg and Lester Cotton for that spot. What do you think could happen? And then in, in, uh, what 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 have you heard maybe if you can share anything with us yeah well i think it's still probably a bit early for that i mean mike straight up said like or he alluded to there being a competition um what what makes it kind of tough is that eichenberg is the backup center so i think that they like it where like you know the way that the offense line is up or it's like if there's an injury or somebody goes down like you don't have to like move like two guys um you know so it's like if eichenberg is a star i mean he did go in further uh for um, Robert Robert Jones when he got hurt against the Chiefs, um, he was like the only other interior guard available. I think if I'm if I'm remembering properly, because they got Kendall Lamb, they had Keon Smith, and then Eichenberg was the eighth offensive lineman. So like he was the only one available. So it's like all right, if you start him at left guard, and God forbid like Connor goes down, then you not only have to move Liam to to center, but then you got to move Lester Cotton in there, like. I don't know. I think it's possible that, that they do uh, a rotation, kind of like what they were doing with uh, Lester Cotton and Rob Jones before the Rob Hunt injury. I think that's a possibility. And then you kind of go with the hot hand, go with the guy who's playing a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough because they don't really have like a, they don't have a guy that you can just like keep on the bench and they're like, all right, you're the backup center. Like without a doubt, like, I mean, Liam wasn't really expected to be that guy. But then, you know, Dan Feeney was injured and not really performing like they expected. Connor was out because of contract issues. So Liam just kind of stumbled on that. And to his credit, like he's had some ups and downs, but he's he's kind of filled in pretty, pretty well, honestly, for somebody who never done it before. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tough. But if I had to guess, I would say maybe they do the rotation that they've done. Like barring that Rob Hunt is back and he's at right guard and healthy. I, I one more thing. Do you see a scenario where they put Connor at left guard and, and Liam at center and still acquire maybe someone, uh, you know, we've been yeah, doing the conspiracy I know. theories. <laughs> I know. I've, seen, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've seen it. I don't think that happens. I don't think so. And, and again, like in terms of acquiring, like the trade deadlines passed, you know, I, I've, I've said it. I know a lot of people have brought it up and I'm like, uh, good offensive linemen don't grow on trees, and good backup offensive linemen don't grow on trees. You know, the trade deadline's passed. There's probably not. I mean, like, who's out there? Like, my thing is, like, if you're going to say, like, you got you to gotta give me names. Like, you, somebody off the street has got to come and do it. And I'm like, can they do it uh, significantly better than what the Dolphins have in-house? Um, I think Connor's been, like, he's been, he's been, he's been solid. I don't think he's been uh, to the level of last of the previous season. Um, and, and the snaps have been sometimes an issue. Obviously we saw it kind of mess up 
uh, in the game against the Chiefs. But I think that they keep him there because, um, because again, it's like it's the combination of you got to think of it this way: the combination of of Liam at center and Connor at left guard, better than like the combination of maybe Liam or Lester Cotton at left guard and Connor at center. Like, I, I think we'd all say that you know Connor at center is still uh, their best option right now, and then they can make do at left guard. Uh, you had touched on something. Some people are saying that McDaniel is not like the previous guy. We don't say his name or, or around here anymore. That he can't get in guys' faces because he's too cool and building relationships. Like he's too player friendly. Do you think that is a a thing that, like you said, they respect him. They 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 want to play for him. But the, some people are in the belief that the team is softer because he's not like a, a Vangio type coach or like the previous guy. He's not the old school type coach and they feel like the team is a little soft. That's what they contribute the losses to, to the superior teams. Like he doesn't get them up for those games because he's too friendly with them. What do you say to that? Yeah, so that's a good question. I will say, I don't know if you saw um, the tweet from Marcel Louis-Jacques who covers the team for ESPN. That's, that's my guy. Um, he said it, and I, I, I like the tree. Like he was like, I've seen, I've, I've heard and seen uh, McDaniel get animated, you know, at a practice. And he was like, you know, for I'm not gonna burn no bridges and ruin my access. But like, we're not gonna say exactly what happened. But yeah, he has shown emotion. He's not just kind of the uh, the laid back, laissez faire, just let things slide. Like that's that's not how it is. Like he gets on guys and he holds guys accountable. That's that's the main thing. It's about holding guys accountable and doing it in a respectful way. Um, you know, Mike doesn't think that he has to, you know, dog cuss guys out or berate guys or call them out of their name in order to hold them accountable. And that's the main thing. Like, like you respect them as men, but you show that you also want to hold them accountable um, and, you know, for the betterment of the team. That's what it's about. Um, I will say the one thing that, you know, it's funny because this is like Voldemort, like he who shall not be named. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to stick with y'all. I'm not gonna, I guess I'm not going to say the name. But uh, um, I think it is kind of I think it is kind of notable that. Under the previous regime, this was one of the most disciplined teams in the NFL in terms of penalties. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, um, but they definitely aren't as good as what they were in previous seasons. And specifically on the road, we've seen those penalties pop up a lot. That is something to kind of like look into. Um, I would say I think a lot of it is also because they run so much, uh, so much motion and there's so much precision that goes into that. And, you know, sometimes on the road that gets a little muddied or muddled, uh, muddied up with the, the crowd noise and whatnot. Um, but I don't think they're like a, I don't think they're like an undisciplined team. I don't get, the, I don't get that sense. Like overall, I don't think they're an undisciplined team. I don't think that they're a sloppy team. Um, but that is an interesting comparison, uh, you know, with the previous regime and, um, the way they've got, like, you know, it's funny because last, when they talked, when they played the Steelers uh, last year, I went up to, I guess, I think I talked to Jerome Baker and Durham Smith, and they were straight up like, yeah, like the previous regime, uh, they had two different ways of going about it. And like, I guess you know, they were like, it's not necessarily like right or wrong. It's just two different ways to go about it. You know, the previous regime, they were pretty successful. You know, let's, you know, take all the, um, you know, take out, take out all the side stuff, like, you know, Outside of 2019, like it was a very successful team in terms of you know back-to-back -back winning seasons or whatnot, or winning a lot of games. Um, but you know, it's two different ways to go about it in terms of you know teaching and in terms of kind of relating, um, interacting with 
with the players. So, you know, there's different ways to skin a cat. It just kind of depends on your preference, I guess. What do you, uh, what should we expect from Cam Smith? We know we haven't seen a lot of him outside of like special teams uh, this first half of the season. Do you think that uh, he'll get some more PT or, or is he still getting groomed or getting ready for, for, uh, for the future? Yeah, this is tough. This is tough because, yeah, I was on a Cam Smith bandwagon. I'm just, you know, writing a story. It's coming out tomorrow morning about the rookies, and uh, it's tough. Um, I think that Vangio, we talked about Vangio and kind of his old-school mentality or whatnot. I think he's one of those guys where, like, the rookies, the young guys, they got to show me. They got to show me that I can trust them. He said that from the jump. You got to show me you can trust them. And uh, I think Cam had a really strong summer. Like, I was hyping him up. I thought that he was ready to step into a role with Ramsey being out. Um, we saw in that preseason finale, and I almost feel like that maybe – I thought maybe that was kind of like the that that kind of doomed him. You know, we saw him get beat on a double move for a touchdown, kind of getting greedy and whatnot. Um, and after that, I mean, obviously that was the last game of the preseason, so that was kind of like the lasting image that the coaching staff and Banjo had of him. Um, we ask about him every single week, and, you know, he's working hard and whatnot. Uh, it's tough because, you know, if he couldn't – you know, overtake Eli Apple when Ramsey and Nick Needham were out. And now both of those guys are getting back. I mean, he's realistically like the sixth cornerback on the depth chart because, I mean, they put in Justin Bethel in the slot over him. Um, so it's going to be tough. I think, you know, the, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because he has a lot of talent and a lot of fans were hyped. Shoot, I was hyped to see what he could do because I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a cool guy. Um, I thought that he had a skill set that worked really well for the scheme. But the fact of the matter is, you know, like there's a lot of veterans above him. Um, and, you know, if he doesn't have the trust of the coach, the full trust of the coaching staff, it's tough. You know, I, I was talking with somebody on Twitter a couple weeks ago, like, like this isn't the time to like work guys in, you know, like it's the regular season, like we're trying to win games, <laughs> you know, um, obviously, you know, he got some snaps at the end of the Giants game, but it's like Vic say he's not, he's like, we're not rotating cornerbacks and safeties. Like, we're keeping our core guys in there and they're going to play just about every snap. Uh, so if he didn't get any snaps when, you know, some of the defensive backs were injured, it's tough to see him finding a role, especially because he's only an outside cornerback. Like I asked him a couple of weeks ago, like, are you doing any slides? He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing any slot stuff. Uh, so Ramsey and X are, they're playing every snap. So it's tough to see a role for him uh, the second half of the season, bar an injury. Damn, you, 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 you was with me. You you was with me, and I just want to make sure you're still my guy. Yeah, listen, you're my guy, but I just want to make sure you're still my guy. Yeah, I got guys, but then I got my guy. You know, I, I feel like one of my guys is Christian Wilkins, but my guy is Sealer. I mean, they've been playing comparable this season. You got Sealer with four sacks. You got Wilkins with four and a half sacks. So far. Where, 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 do, where do you see, in, in my mind, I, wow. I see Sealer and Wilkins almost as what those two stoppers. What, what, what do you think is left in the tank for those guys as we come down the stretch? And who do you think ends the season with most sacks? Oh, oh man. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that, like, we're seeing – I think they're thriving in Vangio's system. Like, I, I thought Christian was going to, like, really up his sack production in this scheme, especially playing with, you know, the, the elite secondary that they have behind them. You know, he's already at four and a half sacks, tied his career high. We got a whole another half of the season to go. Sealer, too. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking – I was like, man, Sealer may have signed that 
sign that deal too early. <laughs> I was like, they when he first signed it, I looked at the numbers and I was like, whew, like shout out to Sealer. I was like, I was, I was like, that's a bargain. That's a bargain for for a guy for a guy like Sealer. Uh, and then he's racking up the sacks, and I'm like, man, like, man, he made sure to wait another year. But uh, nah, hey, they're, they're playing, they're, they're playing, they're playing, they're playing great ball right now. Um, I don't know, I'm like a big like metrics guy. I think that overall, like Christian is a is a better pass rusher. If I had to guess, I think he probably ends up. I think he's like overall a better pass rusher. Gets a little more uh, pressures. He probably ends up with more sacks. Um, but I mean. Now nah, they're playing. They're playing lights out right now. Like the entire defense, um, like that, like that Chiefs game. I was rewatching the film, and like I'm a defensive guy at heart. Honestly, like I know more defense than I know offense. Truthfully, um, so like when I do a lot of my breakdowns, like I'm doing like defense because I just know more defense. And it's like they're just playing great right now. Um, you know, not only obviously they're good against the run, but like rushing the passer, uh, they really like stepped it up right now. Um, but I probably say I probably say Wilkins just because I think he's overall. Daniel, Daniel, you're not French's. You're, you're not Daniel. You're not. You're not French's yep. man anymore. Just, know he just I gotta keep it real, though. I gotta keep it real. I know you do. That's. Hey, damn! When I said under the McDaniel era, we was gonna put seventy points up in the season. They called me crazy and kicked me out of this space. He never, he never made such that. things. He, he, he never no, said that. We, hey, we really gonna do that, fellas? Yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. Yeah, we need the receipts, man. We need the receipts. We need the receipts. The time exactly. The time stamp needs to be proven. We have showcase the time. We have a brother. Daniel gets here. French start lying, man. Listen, we have a we have all of us be having our different takes, you know what I'm saying? But friends be the dude in the in the class project, right? Everybody did their homework and everything. He pull up on Monday. He write his, he write his name. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's he just wrote his name on it. He ain't do nothing. He didn't even show no presentation. We all got that one person. We all got that one person. Sometimes it was me. Hey, sometimes it was me. So so Danny, right? <laughs> Daniel, now he's going to go to Twitter and take your take from the pod oh. and tweet hey, it and hey, say, hey, hey. Dan, "Hey, Dan, what I will say in my defense is that they call me crazy until everything I say comes to fruition." But hey, you know what? I keep receipts. I, I keep receipts. So when Silky or when when Sealer ends the season with with ten and a half sacks and Christian oh, Wilkins God. ends at about like nine, I'm, I'm coming back to the take. Wow, All right. yeah, yeah, just, yeah. that's fair. I, I, was, I was wrong if it happened, but it's not, it, ain't gonna, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. And just know, if you see one of your takes out there being taken by someone, it was French. You already know. Just, just we'll make sure to real. tag you, Daniel. We'll make sure to tag we'll make you. Sure to hold, him a, <laughs> hold him accountable. Hey, Dan. Dan, real quick. Hey, so you said you were a defensive guy. Did you you, you ever play ball? I play like one year of JV ball. Like I play cornerback. I didn't really, I didn't really get that much PT, but you know, I play. You know, I was going, I shout out, shout out Towson High School Generals. You know, the the little JV. Uh, I was, I wasn't trying to get hit like that. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Yeah, man. I, I and I had to hit, like I'm small. Like, I had to hit them folks. <laughs> I was Yo, like, I'm cool. I write about this. I write about this. They, they try to play. They try to put me at tight end and defensive end. I'm like, look, bro, listen. Uh, I'm gonna play basketball. You know what I mean? You're gonna be out. <laughs> We're gonna play basketball and baseball. We're gonna be good. We're gonna be good. Hey Dan, man. Appreciate we really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, this, man was, this was great. You.
No, I had a good time with y'all, man. I appreciate it. I really appreciate the support uh, and the love. So, you know, it's good. the feeling mutual. Thank you so much. No problem. Hey, before we let you go, what are you working on so we can promote you? Yeah. yeah uh, no, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Yafusi, just like you see uh, below me, Miami Hero, MiamiHero.com. You know, just the Bible. We still got uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of content coming out over the next couple of days. Um, then obviously, like uh, you mentioned, uh, Dolphins and Depth podcast everywhere you get podcasts, as well as YouTube, uh, you know, weekly show. So definitely stay tuned for that.